You're listening to The Remix Baby, a podcast about fertility, family, and genetics. I'm Jana Rupnow, a fertility counselor and author of Three Makes Baby. Welcome to the show. I'd love to hear more about what that, you know, you'd like to share and, you know, your experiences in the fertility world. Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, basically I was kind of a young traveling nurse in my twenties and it just kind of had a heyday traveling all over the country and all over the world and figured, you know, I'd, I'd meet somebody when it was a good time. And I had, I had until at least 35 to think about kids, you know, that's kind of what the going thought was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of was having fun, didn't really think about much. And I, I did meet somebody wonderful when I was around 30 and, um, you know, we took the time to get to know each other and, finally started trying to have kiddos, um, at around age 34, um, and just started running into roadblocks, uh, miscarriage and, um, just not getting pregnant. So we went to my regular OB and they did the, um, the test that AMH level that kind of, they say it's like an egg timer test, but it kind of indicates ovarian reserve and it was mm-hmm. already non-detectable at 35. Okay. Um, wow. So yeah. So I knew at that point I was it was going to be quite quite a um, journey for me, and and that's that's kind of where it started for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you knew at that point you were going to de- need to use a donor. Um, well, I you know I I'm fairly tenacious and hard headed, so I knew <laughs> that you know there were one percent that was able to get pregnant. So we went, uh, we went ahead and went to the reproductive endocrinologist um, at a fertility clinic, and she told us right then, it's not likely that you're going to get you know conceive with your own eggs. Um, you're mm-hmm. more than likely going to have to use donor eggs, um, but you can try, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we went on is just starting off with me um, and, and kind of focusing on that. And we did try, um, you know, some pretty hefty rounds of stimulation. I was making like one follicle, even with, you know, thousands of dollars of stimulation medication. So yeah, um, that was sucking. Oh gosh. I know. I can't imagine. And, so, you know, it's, it's so, there's so many different stories out there. It's fascinating to hear everyone's stories. I, what's really interesting about you is it led you to your personal story, led you in a direction to produce something, right? I, I feel like we're hiding it and it's kind of about, we're about to do the reveal of what, who you are. <laughs> oh, who I am. You know, first and foremost, I'm a and nurse, but yeah, this path uh, led me like so many ways I didn't even think I'd go obviously to being a mom of, of kiddos that were um, born to me through embryo adoption. Um, but you know, in the end it's made, yeah, made me become, um, an author uh, of a book that I created for my son. Yeah. It's uh, called you were made for me. Um, and I wrote it for him. Um, because Mm -hmm. as I was going through this option that I finally ended up at after, you know, a lot of other things in between. Um, I just was like, how on earth am I going to, you know, explain this to them? Um, Mm -hmm. And I started looking for all kinds of books and, you know, there's some stuff out there, but 
there's just not a lot of quality books for kids that kind of touch on this topic. And if they do, yeah. they're just so specific because there's, there's such a variety of, of what could have happened to get your family. So, so true. Yeah. And you know what? I, I wanted people to know who you were. Um, but then just before we went much further, because I think that a lot of people are aware of your book and have your book. I've heard from my um, followers. And so I wanted to hear you know, the story behind it and also talk to you about the book itself and the language that you use and why that's important with children. What, I do want to back up and ask you what led you to decide a embryo adoption over egg donation. Right. So, um, the egg donation thing just did not work for us. Um, we tried two um, egg donor cycles. Um, we opted. It was really interesting uh, when we first got introduced to the fact of doing, you know, doing an egg donation cycle. Um, our clinic had said, "Hey, there's another couple that would like to maybe do like a split cycle with you. Um, that means, you know, you you kind of split the cost and you split whatever eggs are produced." Um, and at that point, we were just considering it for the first time, so we kind of opted out, thinking that you know we may need as many as are able to get. So let's do our own let's do our own cycle first. So um, we did that first cycle, and we got an awesome response from the donor. We got 26 um, eggs um, that they were able to to, um, you know, retrieve, uh, which was so exciting. I mean, I was like, Oh my gosh, yes. Like it's totally going to happen. Um, and then the next day I was driving to work and the embryologist called me, uh, with the results of the first day fertilization rate. Um, and it was zero. She literally sent a single of these 26 eggs fertilized using the ICSI where they inject the sperm into the egg. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, it just, I speak about it a lot to people that, that ask, you know, and want to know my story and are kind of looking for some, some, you know, insight into the process, but it was, that was probably the defining moment for me that really, it changed a lot of what I was in my heart willing to accept and what I could accept as far as conception, because that was such a traumatizing moment for me, such a shock that it just, it was just, it was just kind of an unbelievable letdown. I just yeah. was sitting in my car and after I got off the phone with the embryologist, I had such a, like a visceral reaction. All I could do was just literally scream and bang my hands on the steering wheel of my car and shake yeah. my head because yeah. I just, I just couldn't believe it. I figured, you know, for sure we can try all this stuff and it'll just, it'll work, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, so embryo adoption, um, you know, we did another cycle um, and that didn't work as well. And we did another egg donation cycle. We did a split cycle at that time and um, our eggs did not fertilize again with my husband's sperm, um, but the other couple's uh, allotment of eggs did fertilize. So at that point, we, we didn't, we just figured we were dealing with a me factor and a him factor. Um, and so we were kind of just both out of the equation at that point. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we just, um, you know, our doctor said there's a couple that wants to donate their embryos. Um, and would you be interested in that? And this was just a month after the last failed cycle. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and I was already at a place where it really didn't, it didn't necessarily, it wasn't as, I don't know how to say it because it's such a process. You know, I can't just tell people that I got to a place of acceptance right away. I had to go through the journey and I had to feel the disappointments and the sadness and the heartache and all of those things in order for my heart to be at a place where I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally happy and accepting to use donor, you know, donor embryos that a family is willing to donate, to give them a chance at, at life. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have someone guiding you through that and counseling you to help you? You know, I didn't. And that's, um, that's a lot of the reason, especially that I'm excited to talk, you know, on your podcast, I know there's a lot of, a lot of changes going on even in the last year or two uh, when it, in regards to donor conception um, and me creating this book, this uh, children's book, it got me really interacting with the community, uh, the trying to conceive community and the community of donor conceived Mm -hmm. um, because Mm -hmm. I wanted to know how people felt about it. I wanted to express that in my book. I wanted to help parents um, find a connection that they just, weren't sure they were going to have. Um, and so I started learning a lot more about changes that are happening with, you know, donor conception and Mm -hmm. educating parents. And I'm very excited about it. Um, uh, and so that's, that's part of what I, I wish had happened for me, not because Mm -hmm. I would change anything. I mean, um, I wouldn't change how I got to my children at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say that back then there was, there was not a lot of counseling. It was really a genetic counseling session that talked about, um, you know, diseases or uh, reports from the family, uh, things that we might look out for. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that it was an anonymous donation. The family that was donating, um, didn't want to destroy these embryos, but they also didn't necessarily want to have any more connection with them. Um, and so we accepted that, you know, and Mm. part of me, Looking back, I was so um, just traumatized by all of the things that we had gone through. And um, it kind of seemed like a very safe option for me, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought, oh, okay, this is, this is, um, this will be safe emotionally for me. So tell me when you first, uh, well, first of all, tell me how old your child is now. So we kind of can know a time frame. Yeah. So I have a, I have a four year old um, and then I have a 15 month old girl now and they're both uh, biological siblings. So they're biological siblings. And so you were going through this about four or five years ago and still at that time really weren't, wasn't getting or didn't get the counseling that, um, that you really would have benefited from. It sounds like. Um, I think so. I mean, I think, um, I think for sure now that I've, Kind of gotten into the world of donor conception, my book, and just talking with people, um, and knowing how you know emotionally and mentally healthy it is for sure. Now that I've kind of gotten into the world, of, um, I, I wish I could go back and and have had a little bit more knowledge about that option. You know, presently healthy it is for. Um, I wish I could go back and it would have been how you know, it would have, but it would have been nice if that was or had that discussion or had some different, you know, presented to me. Not that I, I would have, but it would have been nice. Yeah. Well, and the reason I say that is because I was thinking it was longer and, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and 
it is difficult to convince um, doctors to that that just to have their patients go through sort of a standard counseling. It's not because anything's wrong with them. It's not because you know they are struggling in a way that would interfere with their procedure at all. It's just that it's it's like a benefit. You know, it's so helpful. So many women and men are struggling emotionally and. Um, you know, just socially. So having that as a resource is important. I want to ask you about your book because I'm looking at the cover of it right now. And I just love the little um, guy that you have depicted that's sitting on top of a pile and he's he's sitting on, it looks like a cute little cartoony um, pile of jigsaw puzzle pieces and DNA. Can you tell me a little bit more about that illustration? Um, yeah, so um, every single one of those illustrations that's in that book, I actually drew, but I had somebody that knows how oh. to be professional, re- reenact them on, on a digital. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stick, the stick figure drawings are quite, quite funny, but it was able to get my point across. So yeah, the, the character on the front, of course, is my son. And I just was trying to present uh, the feeling that I had that he was, you know, he was made for me. And it's kind of a play on words because obviously he was, you know, initially made for another couple. But in my mind, how the universe works and how this whole fertility thing works, I, I just truly believe that as you kind of go through your journey, you know, no matter what that path to parenthood is, you are going to end up with the child that was made for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. um, you know, puzzle pieces were just a good way when I thought in my mind, well, how am I going to explain this to him? You know, you need a lot of different pieces uh, to make up a baby. Um, and so I, the puzzle analogy came to me and then obviously, you know, the DNA part of it can't be ignored. It's an extremely powerful part um, that I don't ever want to take away from their story. So I wanted it to be in their story so we could talk about it. Yeah. And it's interesting that you use puzzle pieces in the way you described it on your end, um, on the, for, so for adopted and donor conceived individuals, they talk about puzzle pieces in, in a sense of puzzle pieces that might be missing, um, from their, you know, just information about their identity. So that's why, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, it comes from both sides, the, both the puzzle pieces that put together to make him who he is. And then also just, wanting, wanting that information or, or some kids wanting that those different pieces of the puzzle just to understand themselves better. Do you have contact at all right now with your donor parents or no? I mean, no, I don't. Um, and probably over this last year, as it's been in my mind more and more, as I'm thinking more and more of my children and less and less of myself, um, I, I, I like want that option for them. Whereas before it seemed safe and it just wasn't going to be, it was going to be, you know, like they could probably find them through 23 and me, but it wasn't like something that was part of my everyday life. Right. Initially, I think that's a fear is like, how am I going to share my child? How, how's that going to mm-hmm. feel? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, but now like kind of being on the other side of it, I see it as like extremely valuable. Um, and so I don't have, um, the capability, but I, I have reached out to my fertility clinic, um, and asked them, you know, to recheck on things like, would there be an option that you could, you know, go back retroactively and just touch base with some of these, um, families that have donated and say, you know, there's new information that it really is helping these children to, to be able to reach out in some way. Um, and would you consider, you know, I even said something as easy as would you can a letter right now, um, as to just 
why you why you donate it, what you, what you're like, um, mm-hmm. and then if you don't feel comfortable, you know, sharing it now, have it have it available at the clinic to be released when the child is you know of a certain age that you determine, maybe adolescence or mm-hmm. um, whatever the parties are comfortable with. So I know that we're dealing with anonymity is promised back when it was promisable. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, but I, I did ask them um, if that was possible and, you know, I I am proud of the clinic that I came from in that they are actually um, changing their program, their donation program um, to incorporate a lot, a lot more of what's going on. Um, Okay, good. And um, actually it's strange. It's a funny coincidence, there's a, um, a group called um, Empower Donation mm-hmm. uh, that's just getting started, that's going to start uh, doing exactly what we're talking about, helping to educate clinics on all of these options so that like all the donor-conceived uh, parties uh, or all the people that are part of third-party conception can have all of these tools. So I'm really excited for them to get started. But Who is that group run by? Um, that, well, so it's called Empower Donation, and um, the there's three women on it, and one of them was um, in the that documentary, uh, one, one More Shot, um, and then the person that ended up being an interesting link for me was uh, Gina Davis is her name. She's a genetic counselor, um, and she was actually my genetic counselor when I was going through the the donor egg cycles and the embryo donor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a really weird connection that ended up happening. Um, and then there's another, another woman as well. And so they're starting this uh, nonprofit organization. They are, you know, making changes based on this, this group um, and some of their recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's really, exciting. you know, it doesn't necessarily address me right now. Cause I think I kind of got caught in that in between um, mm-hmm. thing, but mm-hmm. You know, I have hopes that possibly it can expand to kind of retroactive donations as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's great to have a, you know, an organized effort um, because right now there's, it's, you know, it's individuals trying, like me, trying to go out for the past 10 years and make a difference and knock on doctor's doors and not really getting very far, to be honest. Um, I mean, I've brought lunches and all kinds of things. And it's, it is hard to change. Um, but it is something that we'll, you know, keep working on and, you know, that's, that changes on the horizon. It's here. And I've seen a certain like amount of change in the past, even two years and year that's been pretty encouraging. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. And that's when I had, you know, learned about you obviously getting online a little bit more and looking into books and, and hearing what people are saying. Um, I was, I was real excited to, you know, see what you were doing and excited Mm -hmm. that somebody is doing it, um, in such a, an area, you know, such a consolidated area where people are trying to conceive, trying to make choices. You're also dealing with the donor conceived side. So that's super important to me as a parent. Yeah. It's important that we have transparency in the, the field and we really don't right now. And so my push is to encourage more transparency and I'll be having guests on the podcast this in season two that will be speaking to some of the some of the things that are happening. Um, keep continuing to speak to some of the things that are happening that that could change for the better. And yeah, so um, I think that's what it's all about: is positive change and going about it in a, in the way that is keeping in mind what's best for the kids 
uh, so that they can have a better experience with this and, and, you know, lifting the secrecy and the shame. And that's what it's all about. So yeah, it's always great to connect with other people that are on that page too, um, because there are a lot of people still out there that are not able and willing to talk about donor conception and they have used a donor and they are still keeping it secret. Uh, so yeah, it's still I, the majority. And, and, uh, yeah. And I'll, and I'll be honest. I, um, with the book, um, I've gotten to connect with obviously so many people, um, that are either going through it or have a, a donor conceived child that haven't told. And, um, really I, I chat with them and I, I, you know, they look, they're trying to, everybody's trying to look for something to relate to, right? Cause we're all yeah. kind of in uncharted territory together, especially the ones with younger ones, new era where transparency is more of a push. And, um, but just because it's a push and we know we should do it doesn't mean we know how or how we're going to feel about it. So, um, when I talk to some of these, um, you know, usually moms, but sometimes dads, um, about how I feel about it, I, I kind of think about it like, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily, you know, cause their number one question is, am I going to love this child? Um, like I would, if it was my biological child, they want to kind of know how I feel. Um, and I tell them, you know, it, there is like, there's so many different types of love, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's not just one type of love and it doesn't mean that it's less love. It just means different based on relationships. Um, so, you know, while I can't promise them that it's not going to be, you know, hard or without sacrifice, and I can't promise that, you know, their child's not going to want to know about their donors, um, I can assure them that, you know, my children, I love them like so much. Uh, and I can't, I can't imagine that I would love a genetic child more. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel, you know, but yeah. I've, I'm a four years in now. Yeah. And so you've got a lot of attachment. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I tell people love is too complex to compare, to reduce it to a comparison. And just like you said, there are so many different types and different ways that we love each other that it's too complex to compare them. And, and I don't, I say, don't look at term at love in terms of, of uh, basically of equality. So we just can't apply that. It's just the uniqueness. We look at love in terms of its uniqueness. And I mean, that's, that's what became interesting about my book um, is that what I was hearing from people and it was like my favorite thing to get people's reviews that would, that would send me either just personal emails or reviews. And they would say, you know, like one of my favorite one was that, you know, she said that they were considering embryo adoption, but that her husband you know, was nervous and wasn't really on board and that they ordered my book and read it and that, you know, that it just created this emotional response in them mm -hmm. um, and made, you know, brought them to tears, which then of course brings me to tears anytime somebody says that. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's the same for me. It's And so what my book tries to do and what I did for my own children before I even thought anybody else would want to read this book was to kind of just in a very like lyrical way, because I love reading like you know, rhyming books to my young children, but it just, it creates a, a connection. So for, for this couple, you know, they weren't, they hadn't even had a child yet. They were just considering it, but it gave them kind of an emotional peek into the possibility of a real connection that they just weren't sure was going to happen um, with a donor conceived child. Yeah. That makes so sense. I think overall what I found, yeah, with people that are you know, considering it and reading this book or just have a newborn or have a young child, 
it really does pull some kind of an emotional connection out of them when they read these words mm-hmm. um, and say them, to their heart, yeah. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. In repetition to their child, it's like practicing this connection that they know they have, but that they want their child to feel as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes sense. Now on the flip side, I, I can't let you go without asking this question because I am tuned into the donor conceived adult perspective and, you know, do interact with quite a few donor conceived adults and help them. They come to me if they want to find their donor and as adults and things like that. So there is a contingent that might misinterpret your title of your book. You were made for me in as, as you know, that disregarding their um, feelings about how they, who they were, who they are, you know, about their connection to the original, the genetic parents. So how help to clarify that if you could, for those that maybe are looking at that and saying, oh gosh, that seems like a, a maybe a more parent focused, you know, way to phrase it. Um, but although, you know, I want sure. you to know, I get it because I, I understand and feel that way about my daughter. We adopted from China and they call it the red thread uh, attached a string theory where you're connected by this invisible red thread. So it's sort of more of a, of a, of a spiritual connection. But for those, could you explain your perspective on that? Yes, yeah, sh- sure. Yeah. And I totally get that. And of course, you know, this is all like in hindsight, right? Because I, I created this for my child, just my child based on you know, how I was feeling about them in an era where um, anonymity, you know, was still kind of go, you know, it was still like, okay, this is an anonymous donation. So, you know, I kind of create it based on just my feelings for them and my feelings of wanting to um, always let them know how they came to be. Um, And so the play on words with you were made for me now, of course. Yeah. When I think about it, like for donor conceived people, because I definitely have um, chatted with them and I do know, you know, some of the feelings that they have, which are totally valid. Um, It can, I can see how it could be like, Oh, wow. I was made for you. Like, I don't, you know, I was made for this other couple. And why are you disregarding that? Um, And so, you know, this is a children's book. So obviously it starts young. Um, So uh, all I would say, you know, about that is that, you know, this book in the beginning is just, is just a building block for parents to begin just attempting to try to sprinkle this topic into their young child. And as their child's mind grows and they're able to grasp different concepts, they'll at Mm -hmm. least have the building blocks to discuss it and then Mm -hmm. start talking about that they have surrounding that. Um, And for my own children, it is, it is the utmost importance that they have whatever, whatever emotional, um, feelings that they have, um, I'm going to be there and we're going to go through it. And I don't have a fear that I'm going to be any less of their mother because we're going to have just irreplaceable time together. Um, I want them to feel complete whatever way that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I can see that with, with, um, some donor conceived individuals, you know, that that might be a little off putting, but it never was meant to be at all. And um, when I speak with do- Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And, and when I speak with donor conceived individuals, I've had some real good, real good conversations with them. Um, I mean, I, their voice is so important to me, no matter what it is, because like, they're like the voice of my children or their yeah. my possible, you know, the children's possible voice. So I want to hear them. I want to hear what's, what, what's making them, you know, feel different ways. And I need, I want to use that to help my own children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Great. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that perspective. I think that helps and it helps educate other young parents and parents that are, uh, or couples that are planning for donor conception to understand uh, the perspective um, of their child before they go into it, to try to understand that perspective. And that's just about what's been missing uh, in donor conception since its inception really is focusing on the child. And we can do both. We can focus on the parent and the child. That's what my book attempts to do. And it also does yes. give you scripts and for how to continue talking to your children in preschool, middle childhood, and adolescence, and how to continue after they read your book and, the, and they have the building blocks, they continue to learn how to engage and talk with their kids as their brain develops. So that is great. I, like, like, I love that they, they exactly. go great together. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, they do. And there's some really good, there's some really good um, authors coming out that with some, some stuff that's just, it's just growing. You can tell the, Mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, the library, the libraries that you can have now of donor conceived books is so much better and better quality. And um, so I just applaud these other authors um, that are doing this, you know, cause it's, it's kind of cool because we're just moms that we're doing it for our kids, but there's a need for it. And so it's really cool that we're able to kind of get out there and together address this, this need, right? Cause mm-hmm. nobody needs one book. Come on. We don't have one book. I have like 10,000 books in my, <laughs> in my oh, kid's yeah. room right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have different ways to talk about it because kids like to, you know, they hear different things and it, it resonates in different ways. So I, I truly appreciate um, the other authors that are making some some great waves in this area. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sherry. It was really great chatting with you about this. Oh, yeah. Well, I really appreciate what you're doing, Jana. And um, I've read your book and I look forward thank to the you. workbook. I have it um, ordered, but I haven't gotten it yet. So I look forward to that as well. And thanks for having me on spreading the word about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow for more content, you can go to my Instagram and Facebook account at Jana Repnow LPC or follow Three Makes Baby on Instagram. You can get a copy of my book and the companion workbook to Three Makes Baby on Amazon. If you like this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe. Have a great day.